Hi there, and welcome to The Woman Inspired Podcast. Howdy, howdy. I am Karen. I'm your host for this podcast. I appreciate you joining me for this particular episode, which is titled Half-Baked. I appreciate that you're here with me, and I hope you enjoy tuning in as much as I enjoy sharing with you what God has inspired me to share. Um, Every podcast is started with what I like to call a pod quote. And today's pod quote is by Pastor Paddock Benzeal. All right, you ready? Here goes. You don't have to understand directions. All you have to do is follow them. And you can follow them only one step at a time. What you need is not intelligence, but faith. Name and give God the glory as we trust him. Because we can rest assured that God will give us the victory. When we obey God's instructions... We will succeed. Obedience is the key to success. Okay, that was a long one, I understand. (laughs) But I'll repeat it. Just kind of let it sink in a little bit. Ready? And you don't have to write it all down because, again, it's a doozy. Here we go. You don't have to understand directions. All you have to do is follow them. And you can follow them only one step at a time. What you need is not intelligence, but faith. Name and give God the glory as we trust him. We can rest assured that God will give us the victory. When we obey God's instructions, we will succeed. Obedience is the key to success. Okay, so have you ever heard that term half-baked? Maybe you've heard it in association with baking a cake or cooking some cupcakes. Um, Oh God, don't you hate it when you bite into a wonderful looking decadent treat with this amazing aroma coming at you and you're expecting a delicious party on your taste buds but what you get is a bite of undercooked half-baked doughy eggy powdery floury mess instead Ugh, I hate that that's happened to me before at a restaurant and of course unfortunately sometimes I have not done so well in the kitchen and I have underbaked things as well so This happens, seems to me, especially when you're working to cut out those kind of extra treats and eat fewer of them. Isn't it kind of a human condition? We know we can't have something, so we usually want it even more. And in those cases, biting into that extra special tantalizing treat you've been waiting for and getting something that's subpar, half-baked, doughy, yucky mess is so disappointing. You all know what I mean, right? Especially women. I mean, hello. When hormones are raging, uh, we kind of really want something extra gooey, ooey, delicious, and maybe chocolatey or sweet. And when it turns out less than wonderful, it makes it even harder uh, on us. I hate to say that. That's a very human female condition as well. But perhaps, though, you've heard the the term half-baked in reference Mm, to someone's personality, (laughs) maybe their intellect or intelligence level, you know, uh, a similar meaning to saying maybe that someone isn't dealing with a full deck or the term in this case, um, half-baked actually means, and this is a real definition of it. You can research it in your dictionary or Google it. Half-baked in this case means edging on foolishness, unplanned or not well thought out, or maybe in reference to this, you've heard the saying, someone is two bricks shy of a load, or their elevator doesn't go all the way up, or they're one cob short of a bushel. 
some of my favorites, though, are um, it looks like someone squeezed their Charmin too much. <laughs> That one cracks me up. Maybe it's because of my age. I don't know. But Or maybe you heard something along these lines um, said about someone that there may be a few fries short of a Happy Meal. Or perhaps um, they're all foam, no root beer. And <laughs> this is bad, but I heard someone say the other day, um, some village is missing their idiot and we found him. <laughs> okay, that's really bad, but it, I have to laugh because I just found it so funny. <laughs> Okay, yes, some of these things have been said probably about me at times, I'm sure. And if you're one of those people who's listening and you've said it about me, I don't really want to know. But there are times that I'm sure I act like I'm a little half-baked. We all have those times when our brains don't work, right? Or, or we get what others might think are wacky ideas or um, something someone might consider eccentric that seem half-baked to other people. But that's okay. I try to remember when I get an idea that someone else might think is half-baked or they think I'm the idiot that needs to go back to the village, <laughs> well, I wouldn't be the first. And just think about it. All those amazingly famous or even wealthy people who have now gone on to do good things and affected other people simply because they ran with some idea or notion or thought or plan that other people considered harebrained or half-baked. Okay, sure, some of them may have not done all that good in the world with what they got from it, but it still goes to show how you can affect others on a wide scale or even on a small scale and how you can shape mindsets or set trends and affect other people with some of your own half-baked ideas and attitudes. For example, okay, I have a picture of a meme <laughs> on my phone that I saved because it cracked me up and it also inspires me and it says... Next time you're afraid to share ideas, remember that someone once said in a meeting, hey, let's make a film with a tornado full of sharks. <laughs> okay? Wow. That, that gets, got to make you think there. And, and that also got me to thinking that one day someone woke up and said, bye, George, I've got it. I'm going to make clay pots that look like people's heads and we're going to grow chia seeds out of them. Okay. Who would have ever thought? that chia pets designed as famous people's heads and animals would ever be a thing and make someone millions upon millions of dollars. Frankly, they creep me out, but they're very popular. But there are things in our society that others thought were ridiculous and not viable and, and just not needed um, that have actually become successful. Someone else might, might have thought they were a half-baked idea. Like, the idea that a college-age woman in Michigan had a few years ago where she designed a weatherproof coat that also turns into a sleeping bag and a backpack for the homeless. She couldn't get anybody to back her in the beginning to create this, and yet it's extremely successful, and I think it's a brilliant idea. And then there's this 11-year-old boy in Texas who invented a device I think in 2017, and you install it on the back of the headrest in your car, and it detects whether or not you've left your child in the car seat. It sends a message to your phone and to the police. And I'm sure people thought, well, there's no way an 11-year-old boy could do that. But he did. And he's saving lives because he decided to take one of his half-baked ideas and be unafraid to share it. So I've no doubt that... Um, Way down the line, people thought anyone who believed in Jesus was half-baked too. There's no way a man, there's no way a man could turn water into wine, right? 
how could someone turn all of these uh, little teeny fish, this small handful of fish and loaves, into something that would feed thousands of people? Oh, that's just half-baked. It can't be true. Why would someone um, supposedly be the savior and have anything to do with prostitutes, beggars, uh, tax collectors, and thieves? How could someone purportedly die on a cross, be put in a tomb, and rise again three days later? All those disciples who follow him and think that must be half-baked, right? Of course, there are plenty of us who have had half-baked ideas that truly do fit the bill of being half-baked. Um, maybe too full of oxygen, so to speak, when we were thinking. And it, me included, I, I could probably give you a whole laundry list of things. And in those cases, we have to laugh at ourselves and keep being unabashed and unashamed, though, to keep moving forward with the expectancy that one day we'll create or cook and bake something absolutely delicious and tantalizing that isn't half-baked. In the meantime, it's super important to be able to laugh at ourselves and know that we're all just human. I don't use it as, as an excuse so we can get away with anything we want. But, well, and I don't. I don't use that as an excuse to say, oh, we're only human. Because sometimes it irritates me when people do that. But when you think about it, we are human. Um, and sometimes we don't think right as human beings. Sometimes we don't get everything just so. Sometimes we leave little bits and pieces out. And much of the time it's due to our own fault. Because we're, we are being foolish. Or we aren't planning ahead. Or we aren't planning for. Or we're not um, stepping out in faith and following the instructions that we've been given. Because we might be afraid someone else might think we're half-baked. But just to say that there are certain things that we all have in common as humans. And sometimes that might be what others call half-baked ideas or half-baked notions. But the important thing is this. You can get away with being half-baked if it comes from a sincere place and from a place of truth and love. So do you suppose, though, that people thought Jesus himself was half-baked? I think they probably did. Especially considering the people he hung out with, like I said before. Or that maybe other Jews and Gentiles would say, those disciples are one maiden short of a harem, or they're one sheep short of a flock, or one wolf short of a pack. And you can imagine what people said about Noah. Uh, oh, I mean, oh my word, I can't, I can't even fathom. Even now people think Noah was, was half-baked and crazy. But when I hear the term half-baked, I don't just think of, Someone who doesn't have it all together or has a crazy idea and, and something funny to laugh about. No. Nope. I think of that half-baked cake or pie I spoke of before. I think about how we so often go into a situation or deal with a life situation half-baked too. I don't just mean a little woohoo out there in a different way. But also going in unprepared. Attempting to tackle a situation, a stressor, an unexpected or even a, a planned event without all our ingredients lined up. Maybe we don't have any recipe in hand. The oven's turned off. And we're impatient for results and then shocked when our cake comes out of the oven half-baked. I've done that before. I've, I've gotten impatient or I got in a hurry and I got sidetracked and I just needed to get what was in the oven out. So I took it out too early. And then it failed. And then it ended up in a half-baked, doughy, nasty mess. And it was a waste. How many times have you set out to accomplish something and yet it failed? Or partially failed? Maybe it wasn't a success 
um, as fully as you hoped it would be, but you didn't understand why. Others may have thought the idea was half-baked, but you knew in your heart that it wasn't half-baked and you knew it was supposed to be something else and have a different outcome, but it didn't and you didn't understand why. Perhaps you felt you put in lots of effort or you thought you'd be ready to handle any stressor or problem you needed to solve that came your way, but yet the result wasn't good. And you came out the other side of it with half-baked results. Or you walked into whatever scenario, whatever event, stressful situation, goal, or opportunity in your life half-baked. Yet, you were still expecting that something delicious and substantial and fully baked, tantalizing, or or satisfying was still going to come out in the end. Yet it didn't. Probably like me, maybe you can look back now on something you went through or tried to accomplish and see that all along your attitude and your process was half-baked. So the results were as well. Oh, how I've been there, done that. (laughs) I've tried to teach our kids not to have these half-baked plans while expecting something fully baked and wondrous in the end. So how did I do that? Well, my husband and I taught them how to bake a real cake. Except, well, with my son, he preferred pie, so we discussed the process of baking a pie and taught him that in order to teach him this lesson in life, we would need to teach him how to bake a pie. So he didn't get it at first, but as we went along, it stuck with him. So with this pie-making scenario, he was able to kind of connect the dots. So I'm going to share with you what that looked like. So you'll get what I'm talking about. So it puts kind of an image in your head. So we have to start out asking, what are the basic steps to making a pie? Before we ever get to the baking part, we have some work to do ahead of time by getting prepared. So number one, we need to be decisive. We need to figure out what kind of pie we're going to make. In other words, if you know you're called to do something or are faced with something, then you need to know exactly what God wants you to do about it, for it, with it. Then be decisive and do it. Be resolved to pray, seek the plan, figure out the what Or in this case, the what kind, what kind of pie are you going to make? Or what is it that God wants you to do? Number two, once you know the what, then you can get the ingredients all lined up. What is it going to take to make the pie? We don't just say, hey, we're going to make a pie, then throw together whatever we have on hand and expect it to be the kind of pie we wanted. We can't just take whatever we have and throw a little time and a little effort into something without getting things lined up to do what God wants us to, then expect it to be what God wanted it to be in the first place, right? No, in both cases, we have to have the right ingredients. But we also, number three, have to have the right tools. We have to have the right tools to make a pie. I remember when we were teaching my son this concept, he wanted to make pumpkin pie. I took apples, pecans, lima beans, and pepper out and set them on the cupboard, on the counter. Then I took out a frying pan, a measuring cup, a plastic spoon, and a napkin and said, here you go. He just looked at me like I was crazy. And at that point, he'd cooked enough small things to know that this didn't look like any pumpkin pie making he'd ever seen or anything he'd ever eaten. He said, where's the pumpkin? (laughs) The look on his face was priceless. But isn't that what we often do? We just pull out what we have and we throw it together. 
Life is not an episode of Chopped, okay? Our spiritual journey is not a competition to throw together bits and pieces of this and that and expect a masterpiece. God will give us the tools we need to do what he calls us to do. We just have to be willing to educate ourselves about whatever it is, wherever it is he wants us to go and use the tools he's saying we need. For baking that pumpkin pie, some of the right tools, first and foremost, would be a cookbook or a recipe, um, an oven, a pie tin, a, a mixing bowl, a rolling pin, measuring cups and spoons, and then, of course, the ingredients, flour, butter, salts for the crust, fruit, sugar, pumpkin, not lima beans, <laughs> okay? Um, what about the tools and ingredients to follow God? Um, those tools and ingredients to follow God or to be a successful child of God. What about the tools and ingredients to be prepared to handle anything that comes our way in life in a godly way? Wouldn't those tools be the Bible, a solid Christian support system? Maybe for you, it's a devotional or worship music. Um, What about prayer, church or quiet time with the Lord? For some, it might be journaling or prayer cards or support groups, um, going to retreats. Um, or even Christian counseling and therapy. Okay, so number four. Number four is simply do what you're supposed to do. Follow the recipe. That's number four. Follow the directions. What happens if you're following a recipe and you skip a step or you use the directions for making a cake to try to make a pie? You may turn out a decent pie, but other than by divine intervention, more than likely it will turn out Hard to bake, half-baked, and a big old mess of nasty wasted ingredients. You know, Psalm 32.8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. When I think about skipping the steps in a recipe or even skipping the steps in things that God wants us to do, I can't help but think about the episode um, on Friends where... Uh, Do you guys know where I'm headed with this? There's an episode of Friends um, where the character Rachel is making an English trifle for dessert at Thanksgiving. So since she doesn't cook and she's not familiar with what an English trifle is, she doesn't realize that the pages in the cookbook have stuck together. And she ends up combining an English trifle with a shepherd's pie. This, this does not make for such a delicious dessert. It has Cool Whip and strawberries, ladyfingers, cooked hamburger, and peas layered in a beautiful glass trifle dish. So this can easily happen to us. It was a very funny f- episode of Friends, but sometimes it's not so funny when we do this in real life, whether it's cooking or setting out to accomplish something that God wants us to do. We used to stress to our kids that following the recipe was essential. What are the cooking rules and what recipe are you supposed to be following in dealing with life to follow God and to do the work that he wants you to do? What about the recipe to tackle life's problems or venture into a new calling? There are instructions. A lot of people say, well, life doesn't come with an instruction book. Um, I call foul. Yes, it does. It's called the Bible. There is a recipe for your life. Just look Um, just look at a cookbook or recipe card. It's just like that. The Bible is filled with instructions. It's an essential tool to successful, fulfilling Christian living. That's not half baked. 
Have you ever tried to cook something and gotten kind of partway into the process and realized that you didn't have an ingredient you needed, but maybe your neighbor doesn't carry that kind of ingredient in their house and you can't just go borrow a half a cup of sugar from someone? Um, so you went into the kitchen unprepared and you knew full well that even if you substituted something else for that missing ingredient, it just would not turn out the same. It wasn't going to cook up the way it was supposed to be. It's the same thing when you're setting out on a new life venture or, or even tackling daily life stresses. If you don't follow the recipe and have the right tools and ingredients, it's not going to turn out the way it's meant to be or the way that God had wanted you uh, to, to deal with it or got the way the, the ideal thing that God wanted for you. But that's our choice too. We have free will. We have free will to follow the recipe or not. And then we have to live with the mess and the nastiness and the muck and the mire and the waste that we caused because of it. Sometimes we get things mixed up. I remember when I was in seventh grade, my sister accidentally used salt instead of sugar in a banana bread recipe. Uh, no, it did not taste good at all, <laughs> but we did know um, that it looked great, but we didn't know it tasted horrible until we sunk our teeth into it. It, like I said, it looked fine. It actually looked great. It was beautiful. It smelled good, but oh, that banana bread was horrible. The results were not so good. It definitely did not turn out as it was intended. So what happens when you use the wrong ingredients in life? When you add something in the mix that shouldn't be there? When you don't follow the instructions for your life recipe, does it come out tasty and desirable or just half-baked? One time I decided to make gluten-free pie crusts for my Thanksgiving pies. If you've tuned into this podcast before, you already know that I have celiac disease. So that means I'm allergic to gluten, basically any kind of wheat product. So while this particular venture into gluten-free pie crust making was interesting, um, it wasn't very successful. First off, I tried to educate myself by reading lots and lots of different recipes, various opinions and blogs on the whole subject of gluten-free pie making. That was mistake number one. Every blog and foodie website had a different opinion, a different kind of recipe, different ingredients, and a different take on what was right and what was wrong in the whole world of making gluten-free pie crust. Who knew it was such a big deal? Um, I should have gone straight to the best source for celiac disease and cooking, which is the Celiac Foundation Nutrition and Recipe site. It has tons of links there. Those are the ones I should have stuck with. <laughs> Instead, I read a bunch of info that just clouded my judgment and confused me. So in the end, here comes mistake number two. I didn't write the recipe down because I assumed... <laughs> After I'd read so much about it, and since I'm an experienced cook, that I would remember the recipe or some form of the recipe without writing it down. <laughs> okay, not a good idea. <laughs> Mistake number three. I didn't go over the recipe in my head well enough, again, thinking that I were to remember it, um, so I could make sure that I had all the right tools and ingredients. I should have relied on uh, more than just my memory and written a solid ingredient list and recipe down so I could um, have tried to have some sort of successful outcome. Uh, and mistake number four, I didn't get all of my ingredients that I thought I even had in my head lined up beforehand. <laughs> so what happened? Um, I was missing a few key ingredients and I tried to substitute something for one key ingredient um, 
that didn't work. Making pastry of any kind gluten-free is a different process than normal baking because the gluten in wheat flour is, is kind of the binder. It's like the glue uh, for baked products. So this means that it takes a few more extra ingredients to make gluten-free anything, um, over a normal recipe. And I got frustrated. I got flustered and I was, got concerned in the middle of my cooking and I started dropping things and I was concerned that I was going to waste some very expensive ingredients, which in the end I did. In fact, most of my supposed pie crust ended up in a puff of white flour across my face and down my clothes and across the counter on my kitchen floor and it looked like a really bad cocaine bust had happened in my kitchen. So uh, again, fail, big fail there. So have you done something similar maybe with anything God was calling you to do? Maybe you, you didn't get all your ducks in a row or your tools and ingredients ready to take on a task that he set before you or before you headed into um, a new spiritual journey or on a new spiritual path that he's called you to. Or maybe you decided to seek advice and ideas from places and people you know you shouldn't. Have you ever sought out another person's opinion instead of God's or maybe several different people's opinions or everybody else's opinions instead of God's. I have. And boy, has it taken me off my path with God and separated me from him for a while. Or maybe you went to other sources instead of the Bible, like different blogs and kind of like I did with the, the gluten-free pie recipe. You went to self-help books, self-help books and, um, more devotionals and things. And that's fine. Devotionals are good and, and other literature is good. But when you substitute God or substitute those for God, or you substitute, um, devotionals and other people's opinions for going straight to the source, which is the Bible, then you have a problem. Hebrews 4.12 states that for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And yet time and time again, we seek all these different sources that don't make us sharp, that don't feed us what we need. And in fact, they dull our senses and dull our discernment and give us the idea that quality, done right, God-led, Jesus-inspired recipes are actually false. Yeah, all of that other stuff will lead us to believe that God-led things and Jesus-inspired things are not okay and not accurate. And all the seeking out of other sources did was add confusion and not clarity, right? Oh, isn't that one of the big curses of the internet? Having all this supposed accurate info at your fingertips 24-7? We have become so impatient, quick to to grab the cell phone and look something up, to seek advice or wisdom from sources that have no business giving advice and rarely contain any wisdom. It can be a hard lesson to learn and a challenge not to grab that phone and, and just go for it. I have the same issue. I'm just saying I do, I do. It's a struggle at times. But again, that's a part of the challenge of living in the culture we live in now. Making sure we use the tools God gave us, the ingredients, the recipe, uh, the support he puts in place for us. That's what helps us to turn out something delicious and amazing and shareable and enjoyable in this life. Instead of just turning out things that are half-baked. 
And that's the lesson that we taught our kids. And that's something that I wanted to share with you all because I've just been reminded as of late that even when I feel half-baked, even when I feel foolish and, and filled with nonsense, um, that I don't have to be, that I can always go straight to the recipe, that I can always go straight to the instruction book, the Bible, and that I can always go to the source of the one who's leading me on this life journey, who's leading me down this spiritual path that I'm on. Um, and I'm so thankful for that, and I'm so blessed. So I'd like to encourage you to to go back to uh, to God. And if you've never sought out God, to go to him, to open up the Bible, to read. And if you don't know where to start, ask someone or email me. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Just search for One Woman Inspired. That's the number one followed woman followed by Woman Inspired. That's One Woman Inspired. Or you can go to the website at womaninspired.com and you can click a link there and email me. So I hope that you've enjoyed this um, little half-baked episode today, and I hope you'll join me join me next time. And you can follow me out on Podbean, um, at iTunes, Apple Store, or on Google Play. Just look for The Woman Inspired Podcast. Thank you, and, and stay blessed.